Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's Dr. Pedroti at Intellectual Medicine, and welcome to today's Intellectual Medicine live Facebook Live event. No, I can't do that. Well, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. All right, never mind. It's a podcast. Well, Shannon's telling me it's a podcast. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about functional thyroid. Now, stay with me. This is very exciting. Functional thyroid, but we're going to use this as a parable, parable for the effect of, um, how shall we put this, conformity of thinking, the value of that, and the liability of it as well. And there's a story to be told with regard to thyroid and the, sipper, the difference between conventional medicine and functional medicine and how these two worlds are interacting. And we're going to use thyroid as a takeoff point for that as well as for clinical merit. Now, many people suffer with an array of symptoms, and I've listed on the board behind me some symptoms associated with thyroid inadequacy. Let's call it that, right? Thyroid inadequacy, constipation, fatigue, brain fog, not a real dementing dynamic, but just a dullness. Dry skin, hair loss, both lateral eyebrow, called the Queen Anne sign, and thinning hair on the scalp. Weight gain, cold intolerance. These are symptoms of low thyroid function. Having the symptoms does not mean you're gonna automatically have low thyroid, but it's a high suspicion. So you go to your doctor and you say, gee, doc, I saw this podcast and the doctor was talking about thyroid and I seem to have those symptoms. Now, when I was growing up in medical school, and this is where the story gets more interesting, I was taught that the only thing that I needed to do to test for thyroid function was order one blood test called the thyroid stimulating hormone or the TSH. Do they teach you that? They still teach you that. It's they the do. Only thing you do. In nurse, they taught you that recently. Yes, and the TSH too. So TSH is normal. That's it. You're done. Stop there. So Shannon is the voice you're hearing. She is the owner director and really one of the area's foremost authorities on functional um, medicine as well as hormone replacement and anti-aging therapies. Um, as a woman in the field, it's really refreshing to have her perspective. All right, back to our story. So the doc does this, orders TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, because that's what we're all taught in medical school. Now bear in mind, conventional medicine didn't come out of a complete vacuum. It's there because it tends to help the majority of patients just not everybody. So suppose you're not everybody. That's where it gets a little dicey. Now, the thyroid stimulating hormone has a range of normal, which I'm going to show you. 0.4 roughly to about 5.0. Now, what do you notice about that range? That's right. It's huge. It's a gigantic range. Well, suppose you go in with all of those symptoms and your TSH is 3.5. Technically, your thyroid's normal, and the workup is over. Well, what about my symptoms, doctor? The, well, your thyroid's normal. You need to go look at other things. I can't help you. That's kind of sad. When I was growing up as a doctor, they always taught me to treat the patient, not the lab. Something happened on the way to being a clinician. We're starting to treat labs and not patients. And this is in part a consequence of what's called uh, evidence-based medicine. And evidence-based medicine says, if the study proves it's got value, then we apply it. If it doesn't, we're skeptical. 
it eliminates individually reactive medicine. That's where functional medicine has kind of filled that void. So a couple of reasons have occurred that have paralyzed this thought. One of them is people are watching. Who's watching? The insurance company's watching the doctor. His boss is watching him. In some cases, Department of Health is watching. And what are they watching? They want to make sure that Dr. X is doing standard of care therapy, which means if your TSH is normal, no thyroid for you. Right? No thyroid for you. Am I okay? Right. I want to get my whole face in there. It's very important. No thyroid for you. But wait, I have all the symptoms. No thyroid for you. It is not standard of care. There is a place for accepting and acknowledging standard of care and then moving away from it to help a patient. Functional medicine is that space. Intellectual medicine is that space. But the, back to the story at hand. If you're working for the man, and the man, in this case, could be a vertically integrated healthcare system, and they don't like functional thyroid, you're not going to do it. Even if you happen to think it might help your patient because you don't want to get fired. You know, this is what happens when doctors work for people and they no longer are as accountable to individual patients, in my opinion. I have a colleague of mine. He was out in California, Shan, and he was doing functional thyroid, people feeling great, getting great response. The insurance company noted that he was giving thyroid hormone to people with TSHs that were less than five. Technically, a departure from standard of care, which he made consciously to the benefit of his patients. The insurance company reported to the Department of Health. Three years and $50,000 later, he got cleared, so to speak, right? How many events like that are going to happen before other doctors get the message that they ain't stepping in that foxhole? This is why your doctor may push back in some situations when you suggest ideas that are outside of the realm. Which, by the way, we encourage you to do because you're smart. You should be studying things. It's a vet. You could go to PubMed. You could read the same stuff I read. And you need a collaborative entity to help you. But let's go back to thyroid so you know more about it. So how does this whole thyroid thing work? Well, it starts, as always, with a loop, a cycle. In the brain, the brain makes thyroid-releasing hormone in the hypothalamus, a part of the brain. It then goes to the pituitary gland where it stimulates the release of thyroid-stimulating hormone. So the brain to the pituitary, and from the pituitary to the gland itself, that little gizmo right here in your neck. The thyroid-stimulating hormone causes the gland itself to produce T4. T4 is the dominant uh, hormone that comes out of the thyroid gland. It would be more accurate to call it a pro-hormone since it is a precursor to T3, T3 does all the heavy lifting. And T3 is the form of the hormone that is most biologically active. Where does it work? Answer, everywhere. Your whole body, your brain, your immune system, your metabolism, your heart, your lungs, every single organ is affected by thyroid. So you can imagine the array of symptoms it can present with. So if a doctor never looks at T4, or T3, how in the world are they going to be able to make a really complete and thorough reflection on the role of your symptoms? I maintain it's difficult to do that. But in some settings, doctors are discouraged from even ordering the labs. You know that, Shan? You can get in trouble for ordering labs. Oh, oh I know. It can happen. It, it did happen. It's happened to some great doctors. It really it's happened to some brilliant doctors. 
who have helped their patients. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board, though, because there's another interesting thing that happens. When T4 goes into the blood, it is converted into T3, some of it. And some of it is also converted into reverse T3. Reverse T3 is not well understood. In fact, many doctors have never heard of it before, including those doctors who were criticizing me for actually ordering it when they had, remember that? They said to me, we don't even know what that is. Oh. They said, if we don't know what it is, it's got to be bad. So we're going we're gonna to reprimand you for ordering it. That was crazy. But anyhow, back to the issue at hand. Reverse T3 has a capacity, we believe, to neutralize some of the benefit of T3. So you could have normal-looking labs, a very high reverse T3, and feel badly because the benefit of the thyroid is being neutralized. Furthermore, reverse T3 can fool the brain into not making enough thyroid-stimulating hormone because the brain senses thyroid being present. Things that help convert T4 into T3 include good micronutrients. The full array of B vitamins and others are necessary to make that conversion happen. So you can get thrown out of balance through a number of different things. Poor nutrition, leaky gut, you're not getting micronutrients, the thyroid's not working right, and you start to go into a downward spiral. You start to gain weight. What do fat cells do? Among the evil tricks they have, they absorb thyroid hormone. So they exacerbate the low thyroid state by capturing and holding on to thyroid hormone. That's a rotten trick. Why does the body do that? I have no idea. I do know that when that spiral begins, it can be a bear to come out of, and it often requires help. And in some cases, it requires repletion of thyroid hormone. Why? Why? I need a new producer. <laughs> Why? Why do we only give T4? Now, the story goes something like this. T4 is also known as Synthroid which is a, a name brand thyroid replacement. A brilliant advance in medicine was a creation of artificial, or I should say, replaceable thyroid hormone. But in the course of advocating their own best interest, they dominated the educational machinery. The company that was making the, uh, the, the hormone also was supporting educational effort to teach doctors how to use their hormone. This is not intrinsically evil. It's what companies do. They promote their products. How do you know if it's in your best interest? The answer used to be you could ask your doctor. That's getting even a little dicey, as I explained. So it became dominant that you only test TSH, and if it's normal, you do nothing. And if it's abnormal and symptoms are present, you give Synthroid, also known as levothyroxine. They penetrated that message so thoroughly that it's carried forth until today. Enter some real innovative thinkers. There are many of them out there, but the one that I'm most familiar with is Kenny Blanchard. Dr. Blanchard, who passed away a couple of years ago, was an innovative thought leader, an MIT graduate, an endocrinologist, and he said, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense to me. In fact, Blanchard, you could, you could Google his name, B-L-A-N-C-H-R-D, Blanchard, Chard. Uh, Kenny Blanchard, uh, Shannon put up, uh, he, he wrote a book It's a, for lay people, a paperback, it's worth reading if you're questioning this stuff. Um, and I had the opportunity to study with him and to work with him. Uh, he, he was kind enough to let me shadow him for several days. 
and it reinforced a lot of my own treatment pathways, including repleting thyroid hormone in the face of symptoms when the labs are normal. How do you then make those decisions? The patients tell you. Now, here's a real challenge for you guys. A lot of these symptoms overlap. Now, you've heard on this podcast, since you listen all the time, that low hormone levels can create a lot of these same symptoms. Every man and woman at some point should replace those hormones or you're going to suffer adverse consequence. I understand this is not the standard of care therapy. It's my opinion the standard of care therapy is behind when it comes to anti-aging modalities, stuff that can prevent the effect of aging. And hormones are one of those dynamics, as is healthy, functional thyroid replacement. So if you're having this cluster of symptoms and no remedy has been found, you owe it to yourself to investigate functional hormone consideration. Suppose you do have low thyroid. You have hypothyroidism and you're on T4, levothyroxine or Synthroid. And you go to see your endocrinologist or your family doctor and they test you and they say, your levels are perfect. Say, yeah, doc, but I don't feel great. My my energy, I don't feel wonderful. My skin's a little dry. I don't feel great. And the doc says, but your thyroid's perfect. Maybe not. It's been our experience that in the absence of T3, people tend not to feel their best. And it's my practice in almost all cases, almost all, to add a little T3 into the mix. Now, there's something called uh, armor thyroid, which predates Synthroid. It's derived from pig, thus its name, like armor bacon, okay? Armor thyroid is a blend of T3 and T4 that's totally appropriate for a pig. It's about 80% T4, about 20% T3. Human beings, on the other hand, we're about 95.5, so the ratios are a little bit different. It means that in most cases, just giving armor doesn't recreate uh, a human physiology ideally. So you've got to blend these hormones together. In my practice, I'll often combine levothyroxine with armor, or in some cases, we'll have it manufactured by a compounding pharmacist in a bioidentical manner to give you the proper balance. When you put it all together, bang, things get better. You don't need a lab test to tell you that you're improving. You feel it. The lab test can be of some guidance, but let's not forget, these labs are going to vary from day to day and from time of day. You could do thyroid testing in the morning and do it again in the evening. It'll be different because there's a circadian rhythm. Not to imply the tests have no value, but it is not the basis of therapeutic decisions. Patient is. The patient is. How you're feeling. How do we know if you're getting the right thyroid dose? You feel great and there are no negative side effects. And if those two things aren't happening, if you don't feel great and or you're getting negative side effects, then we need to modify things. There's also a seasonal variation. In the wintertime, the need for thyroid can go up a little bit. In the summer, it can go down a little bit. It can vary. And sometimes uh, changes in dose need to be made to respect the, um, the annual cycle of thyroid. So in summary, regarding this or the next thing, we've got a cascade of variables that should all be tested, in my opinion, when you're contemplating thyroid symptoms. And even if all the blood test is normal, 
you may still benefit from thyroid hormone. How can that be the case? There is a part of this we cannot measure, the thyroid receptor. So imagine your receptor just isn't recepting really well, but all the thyroid levels are normal by lab parameter. And maybe that suits 90% of the people, but what if you're one of that 2% it doesn't? You're stuck until you can find a doc willing to engage. I saw Kenny Blanchard do this many times, Shannon, and we, both you and I, have had the same experience. You take that person, you give them a little bit of thyroid, life-changing. I had a patient in college, chronic fatigue, trouble concentrating, years like that, normal thyroid test, everything else checked out, chronic Lyme, babesiosis, we looked for everything. Gave her a little bit of thyroid hormone, bang, life-changing. It's remarkable. Some young people, by the way, only need a little T4 and they convert beautifully. The older we get, the less well we convert. So this is a reflection of the deep study required. Everything I'm sharing with you, I've learned since medical school. I've learned through independent study, through attending national lectures in anti-aging and functional medicine. I've learned from innovative colleagues, and I've learned by innovating myself. And these are the things that many doctors can do to help those patients who are not being helped by the mainstream. It's a real problem when you think about it, Chan. If 90% of the people are helped by conventional medicine, there tends to be an intrinsic bias against that 5 or 10% who are not helped, right? I got helped. I took Synthroid. I feel fine. What's wrong with you? You're just different. Some people are just different. So thyroid has a variable need. Sex hormone replacement is a universal need. Everybody needs to be on. So before I close, here's my uh, supplement tip du jour. Something that I think everybody should consider being on, something I take every day. I love vitamin D, right? It's controversial in the literature, but in every case when we test people, the levels tend to run below targets. It is safe for the vast majority of you to take 5,000 units per day. Here is the detail that matters. You should combine it with vitamin K or vitamin K2 in particular so that the body absorbs calcium and directs it into the proper spaces such as bone rather than into soft tissue such as arteries and heart valves. So pure vitamin D alone may not be the best recipe. You want to combine it with a little bit of vitamin K like I do every day. Can I just go out in the sun dock and get enough vitamin D? Sure you can. If you live in the Dominican Republic and you walk around half naked all day, you don't need this. The rest of you Northeasterners, give it up. 15 minutes getting your face in the sun on your drive to work is not going to cut it. And here's another detail since we're finishing up on vitamin D. Fat cells absorb not only thyroid hormone, but they also are correlated with very low vitamin D levels. To a person... Patients fighting their weight have extraordinarily low vitamin Ds. Now, we don't know if that contributes to the obesity or if it's caused by the obesity, but we do know that it's there and often needs to be repleted. Folks, thanks for watching us. This is Dr. Steve Pederuti. You've been listening to Intellectual Medicine Podcast. You can find us online. Anything else I should add, Shan? Other than the fact that, yes, yes, it's a couple days away, my birthday. I'll be 60 in a couple of days. And we are going to have the Facebook Live event where I will attempt to validate my own effort at preventing aging by virtue of my personal max bench press. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a Facebook Live. When? When are you doing 
All right, when is a question. When? Not right now. Uh, we should do it next week. Okay. Um, probably on a Monday. Okay. You think Monday? Sure. All right, do you want to do it um, this coming Monday? Closest to your birthday. All right, so there it is. It's going to happen this Monday. Uh, what time? Mm. I'm going to make it at noon. Does yeah. that work? Monday sure. noon? Monday noon, Facebook Live, and it's going to be more than just me showing off my massive power. <laughs> you should not be laughing. You should be duly impressed. <laughs> it's going to be, I'll, I will include some tips about strength training after 50. Even though I'll be 60, what things are worth doing. Uh, the whole uh, event will last approximately 20 minutes because I'll need to warm up. And in between warming up, I'll be sharing with you what supplements I use and also some training tips and ideas. And what you can do is you can ask questions to Shannon, right? Shan, how do they do that? They can. They can. They can. Or both can. Um, on Facebook. On Facebook. If, if you ask questions about training questions, conditioning questions, you funnel them to Shannon, and I'll do my best to answer those in the course of the Facebook live event. Oh, it is Memorial Day. No, it isn't. That's next week. Right. It's Monday. Oh, is this Monday Memorial Day? Yeah. Is that good or bad? Probably bad. I think people are doing stuff, you know? Things are going to be They're all at picnics. All right, sorry. So, so re-engineer that. It's going to be a week from Monday. There you go. A week. We don't want to do it on Memorial Day. So it'll be a week from Monday. The Facebook Live event. I will be going for three hundred pounds. I'm not sure I'll get it, but remember, folks, it's the pursuit. So we'll be doing Facebook Live Monday, a week from Memorial Day, the first Monday of June, at noon. I'll see you then, and I'll see you next week right here and on Saturday morning. WPRO FM. From 8 to 9, it's 99.7 FM and Facebook Live at 8 a.m. We'll see you then. Thanks. Bye.